you, but I am a creature of habit. And I realized this earlier this week as I was walking after dropping off one of the kids and passed the same woman that I pass every day um, at the same place on the sidewalk. And she smiled and said, hello, good morning. And I said, good morning. You know, and how is it that day after day, our schedules line up with each other in such a way that often, if we're creatures of habit and we have to be someplace at a certain time, we pass the same people every day. We don't always even recognize it. Um, but there they are, whether they're in their vehicle or whether they're on the sidewalk, we're passing them. And today we're in Acts chapter 3. And um, we're in kind of one of those situations where um, I think that um, John and Peter were probably in a little bit of the habit of going to prayer um, every afternoon at 3. And they were going to the temple. And the temple in Jerusalem is up on the Temple Mount. It's up on a hill. And there are steps that went up to the temple. There weren't any elevators. And so those who went to the temple went up to the temple. They climbed stair after stair after stair and staircase after staircase after staircase to get up to this huge temple. I don't think we often realize just how big um, this temple was. But it was, it was big. <laughs> And so day after day, um, it doesn't tell us, but I, I think they were probably going to the temple day after day. And I wouldn't be too surprised if they weren't used to seeing this man um, being carried along with them. You know, I just picture this crowd of people walking up the steps to this temple. It was crowded. There were, people were jostling each other. And here is this lame man who's been lame from birth. He's never walked, never used his feet, and his friends are carrying him up these steps, up these staircases, day after day after day um, to the temple. Um, not to worship, but to put him down beside a gate where those who are going into worship will pass by him. And the passage in, in Acts chapter 3 tells us that Peter and John are just about ready to go in through the gate, into the temple to pray. And this man sees them, and he speaks to them, and he asks them for help. He's looking for money. He's looking for a donation. He's looking for something. It's how he provides for himself asking money, asking for some change from those going into the temple to worship. And Peter and John, they stop and they say, look at us. And he looks at them. He gives them his attention. And they tell him they're outside this beautiful gate that's covered in silver and gold. Silver and gold we do not have. But what we have, we give you. And Peter reaches out his hand, his right hand. He takes hold of the man's right hand. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
and the man stands up, and his feet and ankles start to become strong. He finds himself on his feet, these feet that never supported him. Now, have you ever seen, tried to, have you ever watched someone whose feet just aren't working, whose legs are just not strong? And those things that we take for granted and those steps that we take for granted are a major effort. This man's feet and ankles become strong. And he doesn't stay, in the, he doesn't stay there at the gate. What does he do? He goes in with Peter and John to the temple to worship. It says that he's leaping and jumping and praising God. I mean, he's not in rehab. He's not just learning how to walk. He's jumping and leaping, and his feet and ankles are strong. And these feet and these ankles that have never walked, that have never supported him, are supporting him. And he's leaping and jumping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Well, there are all kinds of people around in the temple, all kinds of onlookers. And they're taking in all of this. They're looking at all of this. And they're staring. I mean, they've seen this guy. They know who he is. They've passed him every day coming into the temple. They're creatures of habit. He's always there. They know exactly who he is. But here he is. This man who's always been outside the temple at the gate is suddenly inside the temple, walking and jumping and leaping and praising God and worshiping. And Peter and John, they call him on it. They say, you know, why are you staring at us as if it was by our own power or by our own strength that this man was healed? You know what? It wasn't us. It was Jesus. It says, Why do you stare at us if, as if by our own power of godliness we made this man walk? And then they go on and they say, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God that you worship in this temple. The Holy One. The God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses, witnesses of this. And then they go on, they say in verse 16 of chapter 3 of Acts, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know, was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. We've been working with a little bit of a, a paradigm for the last um, two Sundays. And this is not original to me. It comes from Steve Siemens, who, who wrote a book about called Ministry in the Image of God. And I'm just going to read it. It says, We are invited to join Jesus in his ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit to the Father for the sake of the world. Peter and John knew something. 
they knew it wasn't by their power or by, they, by their strength that this man was healed. They knew it wasn't their ministry. They knew that it was Jesus's ministry. It's by Jesus's name that this man is healed. And the power that comes through his name that this man is healed. Peter and John were just simply witnesses. And when this man asked them for something, they saw him. And they didn't just see him, but they reached out their hand and they took a hold of his hand. And they gave him what they had. And what they had was Jesus. I wonder how often, day after day, we pass by people. And some of them might ask us for help. And how many times are we rushing around trying to figure out how to help them and how to help, help them at their exact point of need when what they really need is Jesus? Peter and John didn't try to scrounge around in their pockets and try to find money. Sometimes God calls us to that. Sometimes that's how we help people. But they just reached out and took his hand and said, silver or gold, we don't have. Our pockets are empty right now. But what we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. So I want to transition here to, to some questions. And I want to ask, who are you this morning? Because there are kind of three different people or three different groups in this story. And so the first question is, are you Peter and John on your way to worship? Who are you in this story? Are you Peter and John on your way to worship? And with that, whose hand is God inviting you to take into your own? Whose hand is God inviting you to take into your own? Well, Yes, but if Jesus is in us, then whose hand, who do we pass? Who might we pass each day? Who might God be bringing into our life? Who might be in our life right now? God is inviting us to take their hand in our hand and to offer them Jesus. Whose hand is God inviting you to? in your own. And then here's another question. Here's the second one. Um, maybe are you the lame man who day after day is carried to the temple gates? Maybe you identify more with 
the lame man. Maybe there's just there's something in your life and you just feel crippled by it. It's one of those things you, you know, day after day after day, you find yourself going back to the gate. Just can't quite get past the gate into the temple. We all have those things. Maybe you're the lame man. And if you're the lame man, what gift is God inviting you to receive today? So often when we find ourselves in that place beside the gate, we think we need this. Or we think we need that. I think if we just have some money, then we'll have the money to buy food. But there was more than just a need for money going on in this man's life. Peter and John gave him what he really needed, which was the ability to walk. What gift is God inviting you to receive today? And then here's another question. Maybe you're a part of the crowd. You know, the people there in the temple, they were the same people that had ushered Jesus in to Jerusalem when he was riding the donkey. They were the same people that had cried a week later for his death and said, crucify him, crucify him. And here they are looking and seeing this man healed. And Peter and John tell him, you know what? It wasn't us. It wasn't our strength. It wasn't anything that we did. It was Jesus and the power that came through Jesus. It's by faith in Jesus that this man stands before you healed. In our scripture reading this morning, we read from, from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses um, 7 through 18. And it says this in, in, in verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You know what? It wasn't anything that we did that caused this man to walk. It was Jesus. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's not our ministry. It's not anything in us. It's Jesus' ministry. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Peter and John say, you know what? 
It wasn't anything that we did that caused this man to walk. We're just carrying around Jesus' death in our bodies so that his life might be revealed. So that his life might also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It's not our ministry. It's Jesus' ministry. It wasn't anything that we had or did that caused this man to be healed. It was Jesus. It's what they're telling the onlookers. It's what they're telling the crowd. Right. What's that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is Jesus' continuing ministry. That ministry that Jesus started that we read about in Luke, Acts is the second part of Luke. And this is Jesus' ongoing ministry. And he is healing these people through John and Peter, just like he reached out and touched people in the Gospel of Luke and in the other Gospels. This is Jesus' continuing ministry. And we here today, are invited to join Jesus in his continuing ministry. Just like Jesus reached out and touched people in the Gospels, we're invited to reach out and touch people, to reach out and take people's hands. It's Jesus' ministry. It's not our ministry. It's Jesus' continuing ministry. We have this treasure in jars of clay, these bodies of ours that are made of clay. You know, have you ever seen a jar of clay that's made out of clay? How it's made on a wheel? And it's made for a purpose. And, and back in ancient times, they used to make jars for all different kinds of purposes. To cook with, if they were closed, they were to, you know, hold water or wine or all kinds of things. And if you go over in, in Israel today and you start digging you know what you're going to find? Yeah, you're going to find jars. Some of them are going to be whole. Some of them are going to be broken. We have plastic baggies that don't disintegrate. You can tear them up, but they're going to be there. They had clay vessels. God has made us out of clay, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have this treasure called Jesus in jars of clay in our bodies to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So Peter and John are there. The people are running towards them. They say, you know what? It's not by our power. It's not by anything that we have done. And I've got to find my place here. Um, but this was done. They, they go ahead and they say, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshment may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. You know, all of this, this Jesus who healed this man, he's the one that you're called to listen to. Over um, later on, 
in verse um, 23 and, and 22, it says, You must listen to everything he tells you. You must listen to Jesus. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. This God that you're worshiping in this temple, Jesus is his very image. Jesus is God, and he was sent to you. And it's Jesus that's healed this man. So, three questions. Are you Peter and John on your way to worship? And if so, whose hand is God inviting you to take in your own? Are you the lame man who day after day is carried to the temple gates? So, what gift is God inviting you to receive today? Or are you a part of the crowd? And if you're a part of the crowd, how is God inviting you to align yourself to Jesus? Maybe this Jesus that you've been skeptical, skeptic, I can't say that word, skeptical, uh, of before. You know, you're, maybe you were there in the crowd. You know, if, you know, at first you're kind of like mesmerized by him. You think he's kind of interesting. You were, you know, there in the crowd waving the palm branches as he went into Jerusalem, shouting Hosanna. But then the next week you found yourself saying, crucify him, crucify him. But who is this Jesus? And Paul and, and John are saying, Peter and John are saying, you know what, repent. And repent looks like this. It means that if we're, if we're headed in this direction, and we're headed away from God, it means to turn around and go back towards God. But you know, sometimes, some of us, we're not directly headed away from God. But we might just be like a little bit off. So there might be, you know, arrows here. So sometimes, um, you know, rather than just following along the same line, with God. We might be just like, you know, just a little bit off. But if you take this line and extend it clear out, are you going to end up with God? No. You're going to end up someplace else. And so repentance is about aligning ourselves with God. It's about aligning ourselves with Jesus. And Peter and John are, are urging them, are urging the, the onlookers to align themselves with Jesus to repent. So, how is God inviting you to align yourself with Jesus? Let's pray. Mm -hmm.